following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the Igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show. You know, he's been hit a mistake a long way. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a dominant start by him. The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Killabrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Molitor Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. Well, good morning and welcome to the Paul Molitor Show. Now, speaking of legends, Jack Morris is a legend because without him, I wouldn't have parked under the bridge today and I might not have a windshield with all the hail we've had. So, Jack, you are a legend. Thank you. And I was thinking. I was thinking ahead. <laughs> Always thinking ahead. Paul, good morning. And uh, Paul joining us uh, early morning in San Francisco. And the first and most important question, Paul, is have you been on the phone with your uh, wife to find out if uh, you have a hail damage claim? Uh, first of all, good morning, guys. And, I was, and, and I have no idea that there was a hailstorm up there, so I have not. <laughs> a little, little removed from it, Paul, and that's to be expected. That's good. That's good. You enjoy enjoy the weather where you are, and we appreciate you uh, getting up early. And I'll say this: always a little easier to get up early when your team's playing playing well. Uh, and we've seen some low sca- uh, low scoring, uh, uh, tightly uh, tightly contested affairs over the course of this road trip. Yesterday, another one. Uh, after Irvin kept you out of the game, as you put it yesterday, uh, boy, you did to managing yesterday. Double switches, pushing all sorts of right buttons. You know, it's it's been a good trip. Uh, there has been a lot of you know really close games, low scoring games. Um, it the National League game when you're when you're on the road, it's certainly different. I mean, you got to try to incorporate a lot of different ideas in your head, trying to navigate your way through. Um, Irvin made it really simple to, on on Friday night. Yesterday was a little bit different, and. and but we found a way to win, so that's that's really encouraging. And hopefully we go out there today and finish off uh, what could be a really nice road trip. Paul, uh, you've had three pretty good starts in a row. Kyle Gibson uh, arguably had his best start of the season, his uh, last start. And then Irvin does what Irvin does. It was just wonderful to watch him uh, go through that lineup like it was butter. And yesterday, Barrios, I thought, uh, you know, he's learning damage control. Uh it's got to be refreshing to know that uh, you've got three guys right now that seem to be uh, on the right track, and uh, somehow your team has always had that constant, and that's your good defense. Well, I think you're right on with that, Jack. You know, I mean, Kyle, uh, you know, we're certainly hoping that this is a trend that will continue where he continues to find a way to make competitive starts and give our team a chance to win, uh, you know, Irvin's been that guy all season long. And then Jose, and we think about how really not all that long he's been up here and he's got five wins for us already. So those are all good signs. It's going to be, it's going to be fun today. We got, uh, you know, Nick Turley running him out there as major league debut and, you know, pitching against one of his former clubs here in the Giants. Um, it, it should be a fun day at the park today as well. Always fun when you see a guy get that first taste of the major leagues. And, and obviously you guys still have to make a, a roster move for, for Turley, but here's a guy, 50th round pick, uh, and and he's well traveled. He's one of now four guys who spent some time in independent leagues. Who's going to be on your roster? Unlike a lot of the guys, he wasn't drafted and developed in the system. He didn't play in the low minor leagues with a lot of your guys. wasn't in big league spring training. So this is literally for him like walking into a a whole new world. Could, could you identify him? Did you even know who he was when he walked in? You know that, that's uh, that's a good question. Actually, I did have a chance to. Uh briefly uh say hello to him in spring training there was one day when phil hughes threw a game on the minor league field um 
and I went over there and watched Phil pitch, and he his opponent was was Nick on that day. So I got a chance to watch him pitch like four innings or so, and then there was another day I was over watching some of our relievers, uh, relievers and saw him pitch. But, uh, yeah, you know, he's a, he's a fairly big kid, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, or so, and like you said, he's got interesting history, bouncing around Yankees and some other teams and then making his way back to the independent league to uh, finally get a shot at the big leagues. It, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him, and I'm sure he'll be excited to get that opportunity. I'm sure, and, you know, all of us that were lucky enough to do it once, uh, never forget that first right. day in the big leagues. Paul, what do we uh, – we understand this kid has really uh, been striking people out in the minor leagues. Uh, what was it, 15 strikeouts, I think, his last start in AAA. Yeah. Uh, does that always equate to the big leagues? No, I don't I don't think it does, Jack. Um, you know, you're going to get more swings and misses. You might have a little bit bigger zone, and you certainly don't have as good of hitters. Um, you know, we see that, we've seen a lot of our guys through the years have fairly high strikeout numbers climbing the minor leagues, especially at AAA and then they drop off up here. Um, I think he has ability to strike some people out because his breaking balls, uh, he's got he's got a, both a slider and a curve, um, and, and I think they will play up here, and you're probably going to get some swings, but you know the ratio, I think he had between 10 and 11 per nine inning ratio down there for strikeouts. It, it would be tough to match that up here. We are talking with Paul Molitor. It's early morning out in beautiful San Francisco. The Twins taking on the Giants today, trying to sweep the series and finish off what would be a very, very positive road trip out west. We'll take our first break. We'll come back, chat more with Paul. It's the Paul Molitor Show right here on your home for Twins baseball. This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to the Paul Molitor Show. Chris Atterbury, Jack Morris, uh, dealing with some power outages in and around the Metro right now, but uh, looking for more power out in San Francisco today after Kenny Vargas hit the longest home run hit by a twin all year. Third longest in Major League Baseball yesterday to help the Twins to a victory over the Giants. This show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made. And, Paul, you and Corey have talked a lot about it, the beautiful ballpark and the unique setting that is San Francisco. One of the unique factors, though, that I think is very different you got to deal with all those bullpen guys in your dugout now. I mean, you have got uh, – we all know bullpen guys are wired a little different, including bullpen coaches, and now you got them all in your dugout. How's that dynamic? It's uh, it's definitely a different feel. Um, you know, at least they were smart enough to make big dugouts, so it, it is kind of spread out. But you add another, you know, eight, nine, ten guys in there. Uh, have to put up with Eddie Godato for the whole thing, too, <laughs> being in the dugout. So another part of it. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. Instead of uh, – you know, looking for a phone to get someone up, you just kind of look down the bench and, and get it going. You know, thankfully, Irvin's game, we didn't have to do it too much. And yesterday, it was a pretty clean transition for those couple guys, but but it's definitely a different feel. Paul, it uh, seems like uh, the revolving door has kind of opened up for the bullpen. You've got new faces coming and going almost on a weekly basis now. Uh, where are we at today, and uh, you know how how are things going to set up if uh, if there's a, a bump in the road for for Mr. Turley? Well, you know, well, thankfully, um, given the fact that we've had some pretty good starts here, like we talked about earlier, uh, and and in particular, Irvin's when when you get a chance to rest your pen for a whole day and not have to get one guy even to move one iota, it just kind of replenishes you. Um, you know, I, I think that. You know, we're Andy Rosario going back down to make room for Nick today, uh, one of our length guys. But uh, we still be we still should be fine. Chris Heston, the guy that we picked up um, a few days back, hasn't pitched since June 1st, and we know that he's stretched out. So 
uh, a lot of other guys are available today. So hopefully Nick's able to go, you know, a good five, six innings, keep us in the game, and, and we'll see where we're at. And, Paul, when that has happened, uh, we have seen now a nice routine settle in, whether it's Duffy kind of, then Rogers, Belial, and obviously Brandon. Now Kinsler had the, the walk-off in Seattle, and those are always magnified. But the bullpen since that moment has been, frankly, outstanding. And Matt Belial's had arguably two of his better outings of the entire season. Now, he's not a, a newcomer to any of this, but has he made any changes, or is it just a matter of better execution for him of late? Uh, you know, I, I think for Matty, people um, have a tendency to overlook that early on this year when he had a chance to be one of our bridge guys to get to Kinsler. He had some really good outings, but um, the fact that some of the outings that he had when he didn't do particularly well, they, they really blew up on him, and and it didn't look look very good, but he's he's bounced back. You know, we've got him out there in a couple of situations where, you know, he has showed it, his experience and the fact that he can still make pitches. But as to your question, I think there's a, uh, it, it's very obvious he's been executing all his pitches very well. Whether it's getting ahead with that curveball strike one, finishing with elevated fastballs, using that cutter to get in on the hands of the lefties, uh, he's been making a lot of good pitches here his last couple outings. Paul, I got to ask you a question. When when Spring training was rolling around. You're about ready to break camp. Uh, you know, you had a you had a dynamic that was probably a little unique in, in Kenny Vargas and Robbie Grossman. Both guys, uh, you know, probably deserved a chance to be in the big leagues. And, you know, both guys still probably do. Uh, Vargas hasn't had a lot of at-bats, but he's had pretty darn good numbers in the times that he is getting at-bats. And Robbie Grossman, I mean, who would ever thought that he would be so good uh, at this point of the year, he's getting a chance to play almost on a daily basis and uh, really responded well. It's uh, it's it's a tough thing to do, Jack, as far as trying to match it up each and every day. I, I think you're right that some, both these guys have performed well enough to warrant getting fairly consistent at bats. Um, you know, Kenny obviously provides a little bit more power threat. Uh, Grossman day in and day out just takes incredibly good at bats and competes at a high level and continues to get on base, uh, which gives us opportunities for guys to drive and run. So you're always trying to, uh, you know, juggle that the best that you can. Um, you know, Kenny yesterday that ball he hit like you guys talked about that was that was really impressive to hit one with so low, such low trajectory that has such tremendous carry and then the deepest part of the ballpark here in San Francisco. So. Um, yeah, we'll just kind of see how it plays out day to day. But the big thing for me is to try to make sure that I know uh, these guys know how I'm thinking. So uh, uh, they both want to play every day. It's just a matter of trying to work it out. Paul, the one thing I think that has been such a great constant this year, and the one big difference between your team from a year ago and, and you know where you're at over a month earlier than you were last yeah. year with the wins, is the defense. You know, how does a team go from young players that you know, make a lot of mistakes to a team that rarely makes a mistake at all anymore. Is it just focus that they're, they're kind of, it's almost, I see it as almost a, a group of guys saying, look it, I'm not going to be the first guy to make an error. I'm not going to yeah. be that guy because everybody else is playing so good defensively. Well, you know, I, I'm, you know, there's nothing magical about it, Jack. You know, obviously we did spend more time on defense. Uh, this spring, uh, we made it more of a, a point of emphasis. And I think these guys have kind of challenged themselves uh, to understand the importance uh, of the defensive component to winning. And it's one of those things where we've built momentum in that regard. It kind of goes back to the Benkevich, Koski, Guzman days when they were, you know, always making that these pl- highlight plays. I think these guys, you know, 
like to see themselves show up on making a defensive play as much as an offensive highlight. So there's some momentum there, and uh, guys are challenging each other, and, and we've been playing really good. And it's been a big part of what we've been able to do so far. Yeah, great point. We'll take a break. We'll come back more with Paul Molitor in a moment on your home for Twins Baseball. It's the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created, legends are made. Chris Atterbury alongside Jack Morris here in our network headquarters. Paul Molitor waking up early with us in San Francisco. At 2 o'clock, we'll have Inside Twins. I'll be joined, I believe, by Mike Radcliffe, though that could change to talk draft. And then we'll have uh, our pregame lineup card at 2.30, baseball coming your way shortly thereafter as Nick Turley makes his big league debut. A question for you, Paul. Uh, Chris Jimenez is now 129 stolen bases shy of Ricky Henderson for the single season record. (laughs) Did you save the the base for him? And were you aware, uh, and has he made Jason Castro aware, that of his four career stolen bases, two of them were off Castro? You know, I didn't realize the the last part of your stat there, that he had indeed stolen a couple bases off of Jason. Uh, there was a little ribbon after the game about that. But, you know, uh, yesterday I actually tried to get him to run earlier in the count when he was on first base. Uh, you know, Samarja just wasn't paying too much attention and really, you know, slow times to the plate. But finally he took off on the 3-2 pitch and he, and he got it. What was he up to four, did you say? Yeah, he's got four. Yeah, he's got four. So he's uh, he's on the move. Uh, on yeah, a- you know, Chris had a good game yesterday. He got a couple of hits. You know, we didn't have a lot. He gave us one opportunity as he preceded uh, Doge's home run. So it was nice to see him go out there and contribute. Hey, when you, you talk about the offense, and I, I know you addressed it a bit after the game, uh, it seems as if for the last seven games you get that big inning in maybe the fourth or the fifth, and then it's quiet time. Uh, I think in inning seven, eight, and nine, not a single run has been scored. Uh, is that a concern to you, uh, or is that just a – an aspect of facing good arms late in the game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's a concern, but I am aware. I mean, you get opportunities to uh, try to find ways to add on, um, and you do see a lot of good pitching late in ball games. There's no doubt about that. But you know, the times that we do get opportunities and we're not getting guys in from third or advancing guys from second or third after leadoff doubles, um, you know, making sure that we're not missing signs along the way to give us ourselves a chance to add on runs. You know, we're, we just haven't really collectively uh, been swinging great. I think guys are taking good at bats in terms of fighting, but um, we're in a little bit of a, a, a stretch here where runs have been a little bit more difficult to come by. Paul, uh, as we speak right now across the hallway here at Target Field, the hierarchy is gathering for their war room for the draft coming up Monday and getting all their ducks in order. Are you at liberty to say if asked this question, Paul, what would you tell them to get and acquire for you as a manager as you go forward down the road? Uh, could you say what that would be? Uh, I don't think that that question would be posed or would I be overly comfortable in giving that answer, to be honest with you. I, How about um, the standard you know, answer? What, Just great athletes, huh? Yeah, you know, these guys, they to go in that room uh, for as long as they do, building up to the draft and try to get your board up to where you got you know, where you have, you know, three, 400 players listed from top to bottom and try to put together some kind of order. I, I think they're right to think about the entire draft mm-hmm. in terms of being successful. And um, even though you do have one, one for the, hopefully the last time in a long time, 
Uh, you know, I'm not sure what they're going to do with that pick. I, I've heard some things, but it's kind of gone back and forth. I'm sure the room will be split in some regard as how they should handle it. Um, I just hope we get somebody that helps us. And obviously, I think our organization continues should, should continue to try to replenish as much pitching as we can. That's Paul Molitor. It's the Paul Molitor Show. we got one final segment. Paul joining us from San Francisco right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Final segment of the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killer Rupert, made in Minnesota, how memories are created, legends are made. we got Jack Morris and Paul Molitor here, and we're talking about the draft. And so I want to kind of relive your guys' draft moments. Uh, you know, Herbeck uh, was watching bowling when he got drafted. He picked up the phone and said, I'll call you back when the bowling's over and hung it up. Uh, Paul, you were the, the third overall pick. Uh, what was your draft day experience like? Uh, it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what I remember about the draft was that um, I was told, you know, maybe a week before the draft, I might be, uh, you know, late first-round pick, maybe early second-round pick. And for whatever reason, things really changed over the last couple of days before the draft. And somehow I got bumped up, and um, we were getting ready to uh, have practice over playing for the Gophers to go on to the College World Series. And I got a phone call that I was picked third. Uh, you know, there was no TV. You know, it was just kind of waiting to see what phone call you got, and, and that's how I found out. What about you, Jack? Well, mine was – kind of similar and sort of i was a fifth round trap choice so i was way down uh the list but i was playing i went to play summer collegiate ball down in liberal kansas and we had just barely gotten started in that league and uh i i was kind of told that i was probably going to be in the draft somewhere so the coach let me go home for a couple days and i had a day before the draft i went to see a twins game bert blyland pitched against frank tanana I think there was like 12 strikeouts on one side and probably 13, 14 on the other. And I looked at my mom and dad and said, I'm not sure I'll ever make it to the big leagues. <laughs> and it was it was so impressive. One of the greatest games I've ever seen in person was that game, which is ironic. And all along I thought for sure I was going to be drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals because that was the, the scout that had talked to me the most. And I just assumed that that's where I'd land and wake up and find out I'm part of the Tigers. Funny how it all turns out, and for all these kids who get their name called, as we've heard uh, throughout the course of the week from guys like Joe Maurer, Carlos Correa, hey, this isn't the end. This isn't the culmination. This is the start. Now mm-hmm. the work starts, and you get to see uh, to see what's going to happen. Final game today against the Giants. Uh, Paul, uh, do you feel like you've been on the road forever, or does uh, the way you've been playing on the road make things a little more palatable? Well, it certainly makes it more uh easy to endure when you are winning your fair share. You know, last year, real quickly, we, we only had, uh, we didn't have any trips over seven days. And yeah. this year we're looking at at least three, including uh, one coming up here. Uh, I think Kansas City, Boston, and Chicago. Cleveland. And, Cleveland in and there, so, yeah. yeah, Cleveland, yeah. So these are, these are some long ones. But, um, you know, hopefully we keep playing well and, and we can enjoy uh, these cities and, and beating some of these other teams in their own ballparks. Well, Paul, you have one more to, to win today, uh, then a nice plane trip back home. You get a little bit of time at home, and uh, we'll be both raking the leaves and whatever else came out of the trees from the ale today. Yeah, yeah and you can well, do your... You guys make me really excited to see my car at the airport <laughs> when I get there. It'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure somebody they moved it. They can be it. replaced. I'm positive somebody moved it for you. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll let you get back to work, and uh, uh, best of luck today finishing off that sweep, and we'll, we'll see you back here when you get done with your laundry on Monday. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Yeah. All right. Paul. That's Paul Molitor. It is the Paul Molitor Show. And, uh, Jack, we've got another minute or so uh, to kind of talk about this. And it, it really is 
remarkable that the Twins are now 20-8 and eight on the road. We know they've struggled at home. Part of that is who they've played, when they've played them. Uh, but when you looked at this road trip, you looked at the Angels. They weren't playing great. Trout was out. The Mariners were playing their best baseball. The Giants were down a little bit. You have to take advantage of teams that are down when you play them. For the most part, I think the Twins have done that. Yeah, and I, the one thing that's just echoed over the last week for me is it seems like pitching can make up for a lot of mm-hmm. you know faults. And uh, they when they get good pitching, they're in every single game. And when the pitching starts to falter, it's obvious that that's the reason. So good to see uh, the starters uh, getting a little deeper. It seems like there's three guys now that are kind of on a roll, and hopefully that will continue. Yeah, and when you look at uh, offense, again, late in the games it's been tough, but a different guy, you know, whether it's Dozier getting just the second of his ten home runs with a runner on or whether it's Vargas, uh, it's been a different guy contributing when they've needed a run. They haven't scored a ton of runs, but when they've needed a run, they've gotten it from different parts of the lineup. Yeah, and th- that's the beauty of their lineup. I think all up and down the lineup, there's guys that in, in a given time can, with one swing, help that you know their team uh, score runs. And uh, I'm just so impressed with the, what they've done defensively. It's just if I hope they can keep that up because they're the best in the game right now. you got about 20 seconds. What is Nick Turley's head like this morning as he wakes up? He's pretty excited. Uh, there's going to be some serious uh, heart be- uh, beating there today. Uh, good for him. You know, it's good great. for him. I hope he makes the best of it. And uh, Twins hope for that as well. 2 o'clock, we'll be back with you with Inside Twins. Following that, it's the pregame lineup card. And then Twins Baseball right here on your home, Twins Baseball.